here as we talk about Christmas. Uh, our, our title today is The Gift That Keeps On Giving. The Gift That Keeps On Giving. So we're going to talk about uh, four births. Uh, natural birth, spiritual birth, purpose birth, and eternal birth. Four births. Natural birth, how we're naturally born, then our spiritual birth, course when we're born again then our purpose birth birth when we we cross into fulfilling purpose then of course our eternal birth that's when we end up in heaven and and, and this is the thing um knowing as i was meditating on what we're talking about today uh it's, it's amazing the gift god gave a gift uh and that gift, as we'll, we'll recognize uh, here, that gift uh, we'll see keeps on giving. <laughs> um, so, so, so Christ gave Himself totally away to get all of God. Uh, he gave Himself totally away to get all of God. So, so as as uh, my wife was talking about the other week, when we do this thing right, we'll give ourselves all away. Um, we'll get lost in serving to live in the glory of God. He got lost in giving himself to, you know, sit on the right hand of the Father and receive abundance. If we can just get lost in giving of ourselves, so we can experience the glory of God. So with that in mind, let's go to John three sixteen, a familiar scripture. Where we John three sixteen and John ten ten. John three sixteen. Look, it says, uh, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, that's everlasting. That's a continuous life. So, it's life that keeps on giving. And then let's go to John 10.10. 10. John 10.10. 10. A couple of familiar scriptures, but we'll look at them just a little bit different. It says, uh, verse 10, it says, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So not just life, but a life more abundantly. Again, a life or a gift that keeps on giving. So so amazing about this whole process, like it seems like God's whole process was us to experience some things um, but also for everybody around us in, in, in his uh, kingdom to experience some things. So first he breathed uh, Genesis 2-7 says he breathed the breath of life in us. So first he, his first part of this plan was he breathed himself into us so we could breathe life into others. He breathed uh, you know, life can work words in us so we can breathe life into others. So this was a uh, uh, this was an impartation without the power of choice. So, so in other words, in Genesis 2-7, it was just God's love. The scripture says God is love, so number one attribute of love is given. So what God did with his love is he just breathed into us. Like, we didn't have, no, we didn't have to make no choice. We didn't have to receive it. He just breathed into us. And so we saw some different things take place after sin. So after sin, then he offered himself to us so that we could offer life to others. So the first one he imparted into us, 
breathed in us so we can breathe in us the second thing is he offered his life to us so that we could offer life to others so his so so a part of this the second plan was his love and then the but we need to do a part too we need to he had to give of himself we need to give of ourselves so as his love was just a part of the equation our love which is facilitated through choice seals the deal so on the second part it's, it's, it's so amazing so the first part was just all God um, it was just his love like we we could easily which Adam and Eve did take it for granted you know which they did they took it for granted but the second part he set up a, a plan where like you have to value his love to receive it you know like it's so so yeah I'm offering it now so you have to choose I was uh uh I was talking to somebody one day and they was talking to me about um uh and, and I'm not I'm gonna express this because this is what they said so somebody's listening to this and they know my background uh I'm not speaking from a place of offense or anything like that but just 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 from perspective and they were talking about the difference between okay being birthed into the household so you're birthed into the household so parents do have a choice they cannot raise you but then there was foster care which is what I grew up in where a, a, a parent uh, within that system they choose to uh, they're, taking, they're making a choice to raise you but then there's adoption so adoption is I want you a part of my family so now I was there for 17 years. I didn't get to the adoption level. Um, but but when the scripture says that we're adopted into the family, it's a choice. Like he's choosing to say, hey, I want you a part of my family. It's not, it's not through any uh, natural birth or anything he's choosing. And I think God set it up where we have to choose him. You know, so so he's not tricking us into a relationship. He's not forcing us into a relationship. We have to choose him. Now he gives us uh, an understanding of this through telling us we need to be born again. John three three through five it says you must be born again. If you're not born of water and of the Spirit, it's hard to enter or see the things of God. So we have to receive something. So we have to be born of receiving the spirit not just accepting his how can I say we're born of receiving the spirit by accepting Jesus' love offering of death so the born when it says born of water that's that natural birth that's that first birth I was talking about that's something that you know um, people don't necessarily have to be living righteous to participate in but that second uh, birth that born again you have to receive Jesus death burial and resurrection so so there's something that we have to do it's not something that um, it's just given to us like there's certain things you could do in your household uh, you can purchase things for family kids or what have you and and they get those things but then there's certain things if they make a choice, they receive things or they appreciate things totally different. We should say this to our son. You know, when you appreciate something, you take care of it totally different. So I, so I worked in corrections, and I remember this young man, his, 
his, his parents owned a diamond company. And so he was really locked up for truancy, you know, just being a bad kid. And they would just, they would come every weekend and they would give him stuff. And so they wasn't there during the week, but he would take his stuff and give it away. And, uh, you know, it could be designer stuff. He would like rip off the designs. Like he wouldn't take care of stuff. So, and, and it was some very expensive stuff. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, eh, they'll just buy me another one. This young man didn't appreciate nothing he had. He took everything for granted. And so a lot of times when you when you value something and you choose something or you or, or there's it costs you something. Uh something we'll talk about Sunday. You know, if it costs you something, you have more of an appreciation for it. Right? As opposed to you know, something that's just given to you. So that's what happened. Again, going back to the first process, I know I'm rushing a little bit, but going back to the first process where God just imparted to the second process where we have to receive it. All right, so let's go to John chapter 1. Maybe this will make a lot more sense um, as we get to the point of the gift that keeps on giving. So John chapter 1, uh, starting with verse 10. John chapter 1, starting with verse 10. It says, He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. The word knew means to be intimate with. So so, so he's in the world. And they didn't easily recognize him. They were so caught up in themselves. They couldn't even recognize. Uh, the person that created all this thing. And he came unto his own. And, and his own received him not. So he came to his own. And they, wouldn't, they didn't even receive him. This is verse 12. But as many as received him. To them gave he power to become sons of God even to them that believed on his name and I'll, I'll read this out and amplify it says and he Christ was in the world and through the world was uh, made and though the world was made through him the world did not recognize him he came to that which was his, his which was his own that which belonged to him his world his creation his possession and those who were his own people uh, the Jewish nation did not receive him or welcomed him but to as many as did receive and welcome him he gave the right the authority the privilege keyword privilege to become children of God that is to those who believe in adhere to trust in and rely on his name who were born not of blood natural conception when we talk about that natural birth nor of the will of the flesh or impulse or physical impulse that's of lust nor of the will of man that of a natural father but of God that is a divine supernatural birth they are born of God spiritually transformed renewed and sanctified so he said not of just his love only like originally but not of lust and not of not of our might uh, but of giving our whole life to receive a supernatural basically the gift that keeps on giving so it's a different type of, of um, exchange that takes place when you receive he can offer as much as he want but we have to receive uh, we look at Ephesians 3 because this is what so I, I, after this trans transition or transformation that we go through it facilitates a lot of the scriptures that we read Ephesians 3 20 it says now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. 
I know I got there before you guys. It says, uh, Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to, look, to the power that worketh in us. So when we receive Christ, we receive, and of course the Holy Spirit, we receive in the power. That power works in us, puts us in position to live outside of just a, uh, a normal life. Again, it's the life that keeps on giving. If you go to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. John chapter 15 verse 7. It says, if, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you. So that's his part. Again, that's his part. That's his love. Uh, it says, you shall... Ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. If you, if uh, so, I'm sorry. The first part, if you abide in me, that's our part. Remain in Him, and my words are made in you. That's His part. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. So it's something about that that remaining. The Scripture says in the Philippians 3:12, it says, "I'm apprehending that which is apprehending me." So that so the the second part of our this this born again life is different because the 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 initial creation was all about God right apprehending that which is apprehending me Philippians 3 uh, 12 and 13 John 4 8 draw nigh unto me uh, draw nigh unto him and he shall draw nigh unto you see so it's an exchange we have to do something too even in um, in uh, John 4 14 he says you know it tells us to drink it says if you drink of if you if you drink what I have to give you, there'll be a well in you, and that well should spring up to everlasting life. That's, again, the gift that keeps on giving. And then John 4, 14, and then John chapter 7, it says, uh, John 7, 37 through 39, it says, we have, it says if, you, if those that are thirsty, come unto me and drink. Those that are thirsty, come unto me and drink. It says, it, it, then it says, it says out of it, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Just see, rivers of living water is is you're drinking. Once you get filled up to overflowing, other people get to drink, and so it's life in you that's creating life in others. Again, it's the gift that keeps on giving. So our life is really not just about. And I think that's what we're depressed uh, sometimes, and we're frustrated sometimes because we're thinking about what we want to do. And the holdup is not like God doesn't want you to do anything, but the holdup is for us to recognize our life is not our own and it's about others. When we can, like even the things that, whatever the platform is, whether it's your business, whether it's your athletics, your arts, uh, whether it's your ministry, when God knows in your, in your knowing, in your core, that you're going to take whatever life he gives you through those platforms and to produce life in others, it's just easy for him to do. You know, so you think about Chris, Christ, uh, the anointing one of the anointing, Christ's mass, a mass of the anointing, smearing Christ all over everyone that comes in contact with you. You know, Christmas is pretty pretty significant. It's big. And I, and I, I know they fight through the date. You know, we're celebrating his birth today, but you know, you got you got some people say it's March 25th uh, uh, he got baptized by John uh, it was January 6th 
some people was toggling back and forth between the 25th and the 26th. I mean, we can, we can lock in on dates as much as we want, but the point is that we're celebrating a life. The scripture talks about the adoration and worship that was centered around his birth. Right? In um, John chapter 2, we're going to close out with this. I don't want us to be here a long time, but hey, it's Christmas. And, you know, people make all these quotes to reason for the season, but, it, but it's probably easier to put more effort in just one aspect of Christmas as opposed to uh, what its actual value is. And so this is uh, John chapter, no, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 2, I apologize. And so you have three aspects of Christmas that we participate in. You have adoration and worship. You have gift giving and goodwill towards man. You know, that's the foundation of celebrating Christ's life. You know, this is uh, in uh, today's 25th in three days. You know, I got to take time out in three days. Three days would be the Saturday. So I have to take time out to celebrate my father's life, you know. Now he passed it in August, but that's his birthday. All right, so not, you know, I get it. You know, different people going to get different, have different flows. I actually just got a text of one person that's, you know, feeling a little, feeling a little bit, <laughs> uh, little, little bit down and out. Um, and I have to, I'll respond to when I leave. But I, what I'm going to tell her is, hey, every time you think about it, it's an opportunity to celebrate his life. Time you think about them, that opportunity to celebrate life because I think that's what makes life's life worth 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 it. Um, you know, we think about Christ's birth and we and he, you know, he's sitting on the right hand of the Father, but we can really celebrate that life around Christmas when we smear that anointing on everybody that comes around us. You know what I'm saying? Like so. And so these things, adoration and worship is good. Gift gifting is good. Goodwill towards man because that's celebrating Christ's life. Right? And that's, that's kind of what it's about. So adoration and worship, of course, is Luke chapter 2, start verse 8. It says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid and the angel said unto them fear not for behold I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people for unto, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior which is Christ the Lord and this shall be a sign unto you you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothing lying in a manger and suddenly there was an angel multitude uh, of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest right so 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 it was, it was adoration and worship and then um uh well I'll just keep reading because this is the other piece this is the third piece it says uh glory to God in the highest and on the earth peace and goodwill towards man so that's what Christ, uh, Christmas those are two aspects of what Christmas should be about. But let's go here to Matthew 2. You know, these, these guys, these Gospels have different insights and angles if you really read through them. So uh, Matthew 2 verse 11. 
It says, and, and when and when there were come into the house, so this is when the shepherds found uh, the baby uh, Jesus. Uh, so they were coming to the house. They saw the young child with Mary's mother and fell down and worshipped him. Again, there's that worship. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. So, so, so it, you know, a, a part of the celebration of a, of of a, the birth of Christ was giving gifts, you know, giving of themselves, really celebrating his life. So, so that's why we do it. It's, think about you giving of yourself. You're giving something that's going to impact somebody else. Um, goodwill towards men. You really want to create an environment like what you did with your nephew. Create an environment where that person has some weight lifted or they have hope. You know, obviously just adoration, loving and worshiping Christ for what he did. I mean, he's really afforded us to be listen, some of us can only complain because of Christ. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're in a position where, you know, sometimes we could be I can't believe they didn't do that. They didn't have that. Well, it wasn't for Christ, you wouldn't have made it. <laughs> Some of us, you know, I, I think about uh, uh, one of the things when I worked in corrections, we had rules and responsibilities. So when I first got the job, they, they, they sent me to this unit. And they would, I remember before they sent me there when I was in training, I was like, Man, it's like a madhouse here. You know, like I would, I would be in the hallways helping, uh, having my cleaning crew, and I would look in the door, and I was like, what kind of place is that? And I said to myself, man, please, whatever you do, don't send me there. Of course, that's where they sent me. When I went in there, it was just, if they didn't have a riot every day, the people were happy. Well, got to a place where we created peace. So there was no riot. Right? Then, uh, so, so, so I remember I started getting written up uh, if the kids would I mean, hang their laundry on the windows. You know, or the, the, the first one, if they didn't uh, clean up a certain way. And I said to myself, I said, I told the guy, I said, but just a few months ago, wasn't nobody thinking about hanging up no uh, stockings in different places? Wasn't nobody thinking about uh, uh, whether it was clean? You just worry about there wasn't no chaos. And so sometimes... And there was a time when we was just wondering if we was going to get our bills paid. Or we was going to concerned about what level of loneliness this and the other. Or, you know, and when you were younger, what gift, you know, what gift you was going to get or if you was going to get this baseball glove or this, that, and the other. But we're not at that place now. Now we're, you know, God has put us in a different position. So we have to appreciate that, especially around this time. And just create an opportunity for other people peace and experience goodwill and worship and gift giving. So that's all I have for today. I just wanted us to honor the gift that keeps on giving since we're giving out gifts. <laughs> you know, and recognize that, you know, uh, we're placed into a wonderful position to be facilitators of 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 of, of Exceedingly abundantly above all he can ask or think. Life-giving power. Any thoughts from anybody online or anybody in the house or what stood out for you?